All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Exposure Runs the Podcast. I'm your host, Mustafa, and our ever-growing effort to bring light to the women's game, high school and otherwise. Um, I'm excited with our guest today. I'm going to kind of read off a few things about you, if that's okay, sir. Absolutely. Okay, cool. All right, so first of all, uh, we have uh, one of the most decorated coaches, girls or boys, um, in Chicago. Has a 20-year coaching history that began at Harlem High School. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Built that program from the ground up before coming over to Kenwood. Um, was an assistant coach at Morgan Park. That's correct? Yes. Okay. Um, had his own playing career at Lane Tech High School. Yes. Correct? Okay. Uh, went to Mississippi Valley before transferring to SIU in 96. Later received his master's degree in teaching from Roosevelt University. Has won six IHSA regional championships, two sectionals. Uh, was the 2021 IBCA Coach of the Year. Was most recently inducted. And when I say recently, I mean like within the last two weeks or last week or two, right? No, it was about six months ago. Oh, was it? Okay, because j- I'm just now yeah. seeing it. Yeah, no, it's, it was about six. Months. Okay, my bad. Yeah, okay. No uh, well, just recently inducted to the IBCA, which is the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association um, Hall of Fame, which, by the way, has a requirement of having to have at least 400 career coaching wins. And when I checked, and you can correct this number, you are at 440. Correct. So you are 60 off from 500. Okay, so that's about two years. You should have 500 or sooner. I sure hope you're right. Okay. <laughs> We're going to put that in the atmosphere. Thank you. Has led the Lady Broncos of Kenwood to their first 31 season, their first super sectional. And he is the uh, former coach of one of our favorite uh, players and friends of the platform, Miss Brianna McDaniel. Shout out to her mom, Miss McDaniel. Um, and you guys just recently competed and won in the Nike Chicago Summer League shootout. Correct. Yes. We would like to welcome Coach Andre Lewis Thanks to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, so our platform, as you know, uh, we started, or, or as you may or may not know, uh, we started a platform in, uh, in about 2020, March of 2020, um, and it has just kind of grown to what you see here. Started off doing some open runs. Um, now we're kind of doing some high level. Uh, elite open runs If you will And then it was just like One of them things Where it was like Well shit Let's do a podcast You know Let's give an opportunity To these high school players To be heard um, The goal behind that Is just kind of like Starting to prepare them For um, their college careers Whether it's On any level But they'll eventually Have to talk to the media Just kind of get them comfortable And then Bringing people on Who kind of uh, Are the culture Movers and shakers Of Chicago land basketball I'm a guest here I'm not from Illinois I'm from Philadelphia So like I most people already know that and those that don't I like to you know make sure they do, that they do know that so that's the purpose purpose of our platform so I really appreciate you um taking some time out of your busy schedule to come on the show today I appreciate um I'm very appreciative of you having me on the show uh I've watched the show as I explained to you earlier and I really enjoy anything that you know highlights the positives of our young people in the community and especially uh, basketball as a platform for opportunities that they have moving forward. Absolutely. Um, so just uh, my first question is like, what uh, what do you know um, of the Exposure Runs, plat- of the Exposure Runs platform? Um, just what I've seen actually in the past year from the 
engagement that you have had with uh, young people and some of their coaches, you know, I really started to pay attention, like I told you before, when Bree came on. Mm -hmm. um, I saw when Destiny Jackson came on from Whitney Young and her uh, AAU coach, uh, Barry mm -hmm. Bradford. And I've also watched parts of a couple of the boys' um, podcasts, but that's really the limit. The, my experience with your show. Okay. Um, you were telling me off camera, like, like you watching some of the uh, other podcasts, like you, you know, you said I'm quite a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're very entertaining. <laughs> I really appreciate it. You know, you're, uh, but it's uh, coming from a, a very authentic pl place, and that's what I enjoy most. You know, I think that we have to have humor, we have to have uh, sensibility, and, you know, we can't take ourselves too seriously. I, I agree with that. So, you know, part of my. I have a family of entertainers, but even outside of that, um, when I have people up here, I, I do. I want them to feel comfortable um, talking to me. Um, I'm very careful on what questions I want to ask. And then a lot of times, like you see here, I have questions already formulated, but mm -hmm. a lot of times some of those questions either kind of spawn other questions mm -hmm. or other topics. Uh, but more importantly, I mean, I, I just want people to like, I, I want to introduce my guests up here to people who may not know them, mm -hmm. uh, particularly like a lot of people who know me from back, you know, back east, Philadelphia, Jersey, New York, whatever. And I've been here in Illinois since two. I've been here since 2012. So, you know, over the time span, I've I, I've made quite a family network here in Chicago. And, um, you know, I, I just want people to, you know. Be open and, and 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 meet and listen to and hear from different people, different minds, and different experiences. I've even had my brothers up, my my brother up here, who is a he actually a comedian. He don't know shit about basketball, and that was one like one of the best episodes we ever had. Like it was a good one. So you know, I'm just trying to expand. We about to try to get some college coaches up here to see what goes into the recruitment and mm -hmm. you know the whole transfer thing, and mm -hmm. even when they leave, like I'm going to ask some of these college coaches some hard hitting ass questions, like. As you should yeah definitely i need i need to know that um so uh, my first question uh to you is uh who's on your chicago mount rushmore of coaching wow um and if you want to add yourself you can by the way don't be humble no but i i, I never look at it that way um if i had to say chicago, are we talking high school yes okay uh rob smith okay um for me, Rob Smith, Dorothy Gators, uh, uh, George Stanton. Okay. Um, fourth one. Ooh. Fourth one. I would probably just have to go with Tyrone Slaughter. Okay. That's 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 a actually not that's a, a damn good Mount Rushmore right there. Yeah. That's a damn good And shout out to Coach um, Actually Coach uh, Slaughter And Coach Rob Will be up here Monday We've had Coach Rob On here once already And they're, and um, he's bringing Coach Slaughter up And we're going to talk about The Chicago Classic And all of that But they're Make sure you up. tell Tyrone Slaughter I said that Oh I will Yeah, yeah. I will I, I know, I know. You know I'm, a, I'm my guys But you know Tyrone is He's a character too um, yeah, I, I, I um, how can I say he, he he gave me his raft a little bit recently. Yeah. I, I put something out on Twitter and um, 
he he reached out to me and was like, you know, give me a call. I I I didn't know his voice. I know it now. Yeah. I didn't know his voice, but you know when he did, he was like he put his number in there. And initially, I was just like, well, no, in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keeping, you know. Yeah. I'm, all right, so I, I put this tweet out there like I invited a player. To the showcase that we already have, mm. the player said that his coach said he couldn't come. I found out later on that that wasn't true, but I, it really annoyed me that and and it wasn't a, a shot at Coach Slaughter directly or mm. particularly. He just happened to be the one, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm like, damn, that's kind of corny that these coaches is keeping their kids from you know yada yada yada. And he reached out and was like, call me. And initially, like I hit up a couple of my you know my people I trust. Mm. Like, yeah, Coach Slaughter want me to call him. I don't think I am Like why I mean I stand on What I said mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I will never forget The next morning So I let it I let it ride That whole Because it, it came like Like in the evening Or early afternoon Of the day before So I let it ride The whole day I, And I, he was one of the ones I talked to And um, I'm like Man I'm not Why Like Why mm. I say what I said I mean it is what it is mm. um, But Part of my evaluation was like, you know, right, wrong, weak or strong, agree or disagree. I always want to give somebody an opportunity to kind of like, let's, if we got disagreements or we don't agree on something, let's discuss them. Absolutely. That don't necessarily mean I'm going to change my mind, but I, I, but particularly, I mean, Tyrone Slaughter has enough credibility in this city that he at least deserves a conversation. Absolutely, and that's where I took it. So then the next morning, I called. I said, you know what, fuck it. I mean, first of all, you know, I'm like, I'm getting dressed, and I had my phone in. His number was sitting. There. I'm like, you know what. I'm not no bitch Like I, look, I'm a call Fuck it yeah. So I called And initially he didn't answer And then he called me back And we had a great com- Like I mean a great conversation And he explained Like you know he was, Well first he said Well somebody Which I This is the shit that I thought Was corny And you know Big fuck you to whoever did this But he was like Yeah somebody sent me your tweet And it was like Oh so somebody was like Really trying to start some shit mm-hmm. And which I see respectfully that that's what Chicago is all about. But what the fuck ever. So he said, say, yeah, somebody he was like, yeah, somebody sent me a tweet. And um, I just wanted to talk to you about it. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, he, And he explained the, the entire situation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my bad. I, I didn't know it went like that. And, you know, and I didn't offer to, but he was just like, you know, you don't have to take the tweet down. And I was like, okay, like, I don't think I was going to, but. I would have considered I didn't say this But this was my thought I'm like okay cool And so um, The comment And then I I Offered I'm like well you know I'd love to You Regardless of this Little tiny little thing You Who you are Still deserves I think An opportunity Or maybe I should say I should I deserve An opportunity To talk to you On our platform Mm -hmm. So I offered A a chance for him To come up here And um, he accepted He said yeah I'm just giving Some days and times And we've been Kind of like Going back and forth But now that they Got the Chicago Classic Coming in Coming uh, well, not common. It's, it's already been a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, uh, Coach um, Smith reached out and was like, yeah, me and Ty want to come up and kind of talk about it. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, y'all can come up here. So I get a chance to talk to him on Monday. And, you know, I'm going you know, to bring that up. Yeah. We're well, going to talk about it. They're great guys. and you well, know, Coach Smith is great. You know, they, they're both, you know, they, they're about promoting Chicago basketball. Absolutely. All day, every day. Ambassadors and that's day. And that's what, that's what it should be about for our young people. And that's what we should highlight, the positives of our community. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the greatest. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've done it better than most. And, um, you know, they have helped so many kids. And, you know, the thing that I enjoy is the fact that, you know, uh, when you – 
on from the outside in, if you think with Young Simeon basketball, you would think that you know that they'd really be rivals, but they really in this for the benefit of Chicago basketball. From my understanding and from what I see, and I think I even seen because like they're like almost like best friends. Yeah, they tight. They are tight, tight. Yes. To be basketball, I mean, yes. rivals. Yes. Behind the scenes, they like they like best friends, which yes. I think is pretty damn cool. Yes, it is. And they've gone at each other. Yeah. As friends, really should really. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The camaraderie and the in the in the in the sportsmanship. I, I like I mean, it. Oh yeah. I like it. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, why did you get into coaching? Um, I don't think that I had the best basketball career. Okay. And truthfully, I felt like there were things when I played that I wish I could have done, that I wish I could have experienced. Mm-hmm. I wish, there was a certain type of coach that I wish I had had. Mm-hmm. And so my inspiration was to try to be the coach that I wish that I had. Interesting. That's, that's outside of coaching, that's my whatever as far as being the father. Like my, I had a, my father was great, but it was certain experiences of of being a child. It was like, mm-hmm. damn, I wish my dad was X, Y, and Z. And I wish he would have said, I love you more. And I would, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he, his his experience was showing, not saying. So like I wanted to have the experience as a father of showing and saying. saying right. Right. So that's pretty dope. Yeah. And you said you didn't have a, a great, but you, you played at Lane Tech. How would you describe your high school career? It was okay. Okay. Um, I was a okay player, um, but I think that I could have been better. And I think that the players of my generation who played at Lane, because many of us are still friends to this day, okay, thirty plus years, we all wish that we had been pushed a little harder okay. in the game because we loved the game. And unfortunately, going to Lane Northside basketball and basketball at Lane at that time, it wasn't a priority. Um, like other sports was gotcha. at Lane, it was at Lane during my era. It was all about football and baseball. Gotcha. And so I kind of wish that we had that type of inspiration and that type of push from our staff because many of our friends. Because the thing in my day, uh, really smart kids that lived on the west side either went to either they went to school up north or they went to Whitney Young. I didn't want to go to Whitney Young simply because my grandfather worked at the juvenile detention center around the corner and I knew what type of child I was Mm. and I knew what type of uh, authority figure he was Mm. and if I act up in school he was going to be there to deal with it there was no crossing nah I'm not doing that if I screw up exactly if I screw up at Lane he at least got to wait till I get home if I screw up at Whitney Young he'll be right there to pick me up oh he'll take an early dismissal today and he going to deal with me right then and there I knew who I was okay you know I was very self aware (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, is it safe to say I've always I've always said that um, When it comes to coaches And the high level of success That they had Most of them were With all due respect Were like Average to not so good players Because they saw the game differently From their angles as far as Maybe not playing as much Maybe wanting to play more mm-hmm. um, Maybe not getting an opportunity To do and say The coaches didn't So is that fair to say That coaches on all I think coaches on all levels From high school College to the NBA If you think about it Most of the successful play, Most of the successful coaches Were just okay players Some mediocre Yeah I would say um, it gives you well. I definitely agree with that in my in, in my personal experience. Okay, and I would say that if you look even all the way up to who I consider you know 
probably my my most revered coach coaching role model, Pat Riley. When you get to the now, he was an All American in college, mm-hmm. but when he got to the pros, he was a role shit. player. He yeah. was just he was a dirty worker. Yeah, and because it gave him a perspective, you see that perspective actually play out in everywhere that he's coached. Now, okay, so you you brought up Pat Riley, right? Now I know a little bit of history about the game, and yeah, Pat Riley was an All American at Kentucky, mm-hmm. right? All white team. True. Back then, when the voting and the whatever was to kind of promote the white players, Absolutely. his team was the team that went against that all black mm-hmm. Texas Texas Western Texas, Texas Western team. So yeah, okay. So so on paper and obviously in the history books, Pat Riley was a All American. But I, I mean. <laughs> You, I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Pat Riley wasn't shit to me. Like, I mean, he already had as a coach. I mean, as a matter, matter of fact, he he decent. And I can't even – did Pat Riley ever win an NBA championship I, off the top of my head? As a player? Yeah, he was on several teams. What about as a coach? Because he, he coached the Knicks, then he went to Miami. The he Knicks? coached the Lakers, bro. You – Right, you're right. My bad, my bad. <laughs> my bad. You're right, you're right. My bad, my bad. Because then he coached the Knicks, too? Yeah, he was there four years. But he was, at, he was with the Lakers first. You're right. My yeah. bad, my bad. Okay, because he came after Paul West – Fall, right? Yeah. All right. My bad. So he did win NBA championship as a coach. All right. So, but that just goes back to my point of as far as being a mediocre player. So, I mean, shout out to Pat Riley, like, you know, you know, and he's like, you know, they call him the godfather or whatever. And I've never met the man, so I don't know him personally, but I just think that asterisk wise, as a all American, as a college player, it's like, mm, you ain't had no fucking competition really back then. But should I fault him for that because he was born in that era? But mm-hmm. all right. Um, describe your coaching style. And before you do, I want to let you know I asked Bree, and, <laughs> and I'll tell you what she said. But okay. describe your coaching style: uh, intense, challenging. Oh shit! Um, <laughs> direct, um, uh, honest with care. Okay. Ooh, um, I, I like that. Honest with care. Uh, I like that. I think that's pretty much it. I said I asked Bree. I said Bree, describe Coach Andre's coaching style. She said fast paced. That was that was her right. And I said, well, is he intense? She said, very. That's it. So when you said intense, I was like, oh shit, she actually said that. Hmm. Shout out to Bree. Like she's a she's a great young lady. I, hmm. I I met Bree a few years ago at an event when she was recovering from her injury, and hmm. she's just her family is just fantastic. So I, I love them. Um, have you ever thought about uh, going into college coaching? Would love to if it was the right situation. Have you ever been approached to do so? Um, once, but it wasn't the right situation. Okay. Um, uh, I, I love the game. I love the nuances of the game. I love learning about the game. So any opportunity that I get to improve myself as a as a coach and and, and a vessel for the game, I'm, I'm into. Um, you know. At this stage of my life, you know, I'm 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 married. I have adult kids. Uh, I can't I can't take a thirty thousand dollar, forty thousand dollar pay cut and go to my wonderful, beautiful wife and be like, "Yeah, we're gonna do this," and I'm gonna make half the money. She like, oh, yeah, no. yeah, no, we're not doing no, that. We're not doing that. Okay, right, it's bad enough. I got to put up with your time not being around. Yeah. For that. Okay. Um, you mentioned. Um, um, you know, just as far as the improvement going as a coach, I mean, do you go to coaching clinics? Yes, I do. I also um, 
I talk with a lot of college coaches. Okay. Um, I try to share. Inf- I try to receive information when I when I when I'm interested in things. You know, I ask questions. You know, I, I found that I've grown most by acknowledging that you don't know everything, and the more you are open to learning, the better you get. Um, my assistant coach, um, Demond, he's he runs our offense. And I've gotten so much better as a coach since he's been on my staff um, that, you know, I also coach AAU. When I coach AAU, it's amazing to me the stuff that we do at Kenwood when I try with new kids or different kids on a uh, AAU level, the amount of success we have. And a lot of the offensive concepts came from him. So I'm always open to learning. I don't think that anybody should ever make it about themselves. How di- You mentioned that. How difficult was you to, to make that change internally? to be open, more open-minded. and Because, you know, you, as coaches, as leaders, as alpha men, like, you want to kind of always just do and to kind of let people into your space to kind of, like, help you, you know, navigate certain shit. How difficult was that? Well, for me, it's about trust. And because... I've known my I've known my assistant coaches for a long time. I've I've known Adrian who who basically is in charge of developing our post players, uh Bree's dad. I've known him since Bree was in like fifth grade. Yeah, they said yeah. So we so we're like family. So the trust fact as long as I can trust and I know that it's coming from a genuine place, mm-hmm. it's easy to grow and accept and learn from, you know. So I mean that's that's big to me. Are you receptive to your own? You you said early on, honest with care. Are you receptive to somebody giving you the the, the, the direct with care, mm-hmm. like they telling you? I, like? I'll give you a perfect example. Okay. Um, five years ago, um, five years ago we were pl- um, I was coaching one of my former players. Her name is Kimmy Barksdale. Um, she was running my JV team, and um, we had some issues with management of time and her practice time and this was in the city playoffs and so she's trying to practice for um, city and I'm trying to practice for city and there was a discrepancy and I cut her time and she called me on the phone and went the hell off Mm. just cursed me out this that third this is a kid that I coach Mm -hmm. so I've known her since she was 13 years old Mm -hmm. and she chewed my ass out and I had to accept it because I knew that it was coming from a genuine place, gotcha. and I knew it wasn't it wasn't anything selfish. It was just about getting her team prepared, right. and they actually wound up winning city that year. Mm. So you know, and so I've learned, you know, yeah, when there's people that is, that it really got your back, and she still want to, um, she's still like a daughter to me now. And so you know, when there's people that are genuine that you know have your best interest at heart, it's easy for me to take. Just now, if it's somebody I question where they're coming from, if I question how are they ten toes in with me. Then no, nah, I'm probably not going to receive it. Okay, as well. but if I know that you 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 ten toes in, you you got my back. I know that we've been through some situations mm-hmm. and you've been consistent. Mm-hmm. No, nah, it's easy to take it. You mentioned opportunity. What type of opportunity would you say would be a good one, other than the salary? All right, because we know that. Yeah. What would be a good opportunity for you to take uh, if a college opportunity come your way? Like, what would you be? What are some factors that would go into that? Uh, well, it would also depend on the level. If if it was, say, for instance, an NAIA job, I would probably be looking for a head job. 
But if it's anything above that, Division One, Division Two, I would gladly take an assistant job. You know, if everything works out, you know, financially, because um, I'm always willing to learn. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that I, I think that I could ultimately coach on that level. Okay. You know, I, I'm I'm a huge student of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids sometimes get sick of all the references that I make to them mm-hmm. about different aspects of the game. But um, I love the game and I always want to grow and get better and so that I can also help my players get better. So, you know, I'd be open to growing and learning as much as possible. How much does your coaching, um, just the time and the energy that you put into your craft as a coach, as a leader, how much does that um, seep into and possibly affect um, your relationship because in order to be a successful coach 440 wins that's nothing to you know kind of turn your nose up about that means that you're in the gym you're watching film you're traveling you're out the, you know what I'm saying like you're scouting probably for mm-hmm. the reoccurring of you building your program up like how much has that uh, affected your relationship positively and possibly negatively um, well it, it comes at a it comes at a price mm-hmm. um Fortunately, my wife now, she understands and she's great. Um, she's extremely supportive. She's involved. She spends time with our, with, with, with our players from time to time. You know, my players all have a great relationship with her. So, I mean, it's definitely helped that. Um, there were some times in the past where it, it has come at a detriment. And, you know, I've tried to grow from those. And what it has helped me is I've learned to get better at managing my time and okay. knowing to prioritize. Like, say, for instance, um, we have a shootout. And over over Christmas break, we're going to have a shootout where we're going to be up in Detroit. Then the following week, we're going to go to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And um, in between. New Year's Eve. So my kids know every year they hear the same story. I said, look, when we coming back from Detroit, unless it's life or death, do not call, do not text. That is my wife's time. Mm-hmm. So it's all about her. Yeah. It's just her. Whatever she wants to do, whatever she's, whatever she makes her happy, it's all about that. Okay. And so, you know, you also learn to prioritize different parts of the year. Spring break and this, that, and that. So mm-hmm. I've learned to prioritize time and to a lot time for family uh, because, you know, when we get to late October, my wife know what it is. No she understands. I'm in the gym. Yeah, she, she understands. How long have you been married? Uh, this time, uh, uh, it'll be eight years on New Year's Eve. Okay, you said this time. So this is your second marriage? Yes. Okay. Pri- previous marriage, I was married 10 and... I was young and I didn't manage time as good. Okay. There were other issues, so okay. you learn to grow. Respect, respect. This is my second one as well. Um, and when I say it won't be a third, that doesn't necessarily. I'm not saying that to say like, oh, of course I'm gonna be with my wife for the rest of my life. I mean, that's that's the yeah, goal. The goal. That's, yeah, that's definitely the goal, right? But I'm never getting married again. My man. Ever. I am with you on that. Ever. Ever. It's over with. Ever. I, I personally don't, and this is with all due respect to my wife and all due respect to your wife, I personally don't understand why people get married a second time. Now that I know what I know, of course. Hmm. Like, marriage is, is it's, it's... It's... A lot. It's a lot, man. Yeah. 
It's yeah. a lot. Um, I, I had a conversation yesterday, right? I'm doing, someone reached out to me and wanted to do like a case study on me. Like they, they referred this psych- therapist to me and she's doing like this study on just the black fathers in sports. Mm-hmm. And there was some other stuff to that. And we got to talking yesterday. We got to talking and I don't know why I'm sharing this story, but like we got to talking and I, I started crying. I started crying just from just kind of talking about the space that black men are not allowed to have as it relates to relationships and with women and how we are shortchanged in a lot of how we feel and things that we deal with and how we kind of internalize a lot of things. And, you know, sometimes our, our wives aren't able to allow that space because they don't really know how because men are so are put on this pedestal whether we do it or society does it where we have to have this uh, coat of armor of like nothing is bothering us mm-hmm. and um, it's really difficult because you don't you get to a point in your life where you don't trust the the female species with your feelings and your thoughts because they are so like Undermined or like not even underst- either understood. Like it was deep, man. It was really deep, and I like had to apologize to the lady. Like I don't know where, and, and plus I was dealing with some other shit that happened within the last twenty four forty eight hours. Mm. But it was like a trigger, and like bro, I'm like I'm sitting in my fucking car at at, at work in the parking lot, crying. Like mm. boo, I I I just we on a Zoom. Mm-hmm. I just met this woman. I don't know. I can't even pronounce her name. It's like Otimar or some shit. I was the fucker I'm like what the fuck Is going on with me bro um, So like I, I, I brought that up It's just like Marriage is just like One of them things Where like I'm just at a point In my life where Whether it's marriage Or fr- I'm tired of Making other people happy Like I'm tired of my, I'm tired of my job Being To make you happy You know I saw a, I don't know if you've ever Seen this but I saw A clip of Will Smith and this was before all the Chris Rock shit and all that mm-hmm. other stuff that happened and he said he had a clip where he said it that. is no longer my, my job. job I saw that yeah and I and I, I, and I was like wow it's no longer my job yeah. like I, I'm, I'm I'm here to kind of like support your happiness mm-hmm. but it's not my job to make you happy yeah because it's ultimately it's extremely difficult to be responsible for somebody else. I mean, we have to have some level of self-esteem. And I'm saying this as somebody who, you know, I'm going to share a joke with you in a second. Okay. But, uh, my, you know, I love my wife dearly, but, you know, you, 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 you uh, us as adults and as individuals, we have, we have a duty to ourselves to make ourselves happy. And I can't make anybody else happy unless I'm happy first. And, right. it's, and it's vice versa. It's, mm-hmm. it's supposed to work, you know, um, in unison. Um, but uh, this, this is what I'm going to tell you. My wife, this is how I knew this, this, this was going to be different, this marriage. Okay. So at the end of our first year, the first time we filed taxes together. Okay. Um, we filed taxes. We're in there with the tax preparer, this, that, and the third. And then when we get ready to leave, my wife, as we walking out the door, my wife said, you know this is till death do us part, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I do. So we both made that clear, you know, and uh, we said it jokingly, but I mean, I, 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 I definitely, you know, uh, don't want to get married again. Yeah. That's not, not, I'm not doing it again. Yeah, the goal is to obviously stay together yeah. forever. I'm just saying yeah. like, you know. 
Yeah. All right, cool. Um, my next question, you know, I, I had a difficult time trying to word this. So I'll just say the question and then I'll mm-hmm. kind of try to clean it up. Uh, what is it like sharing the spotlight with Coach, Irving, with Coach Irving down at Kenwood? I don't think that we share the spotlight. I, I had a feeling that you would say that, to be honest with you. I did. You know, um, I got, you know, big ups to uh, Mike. Yeah, definitely. But um, I try to respect space. You know, boys program is who the boys program is. Girls program is who the girls program is. And, you know, we both want to win. We both want to bring a positive reflection of Kenwood to the mm-hmm. rest of the state of mm-hmm. Illinois and even nationally. But you know, I don't feel like we share a spotlight. And they do their thing. We do our thing. Um, and, you know, we both want each other to be successful. But I don't feel like we share a spotlight. Well, how would you categorize you and Coach Irvin's, um, you know, relationship? Um you know, we laugh, we joke. It's professional for the most part. You know, I don't, I couldn't tell you the inner workings of that program for the mo- other than, you know, I see the players. Um, but, you know, we cool with each other. We don't have any drama with each other. But, you know, I'm honestly, I'm so into what I'm into. Right, 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 and right. he's into what he's into that we ain't really got time. You know, because I'm trying, I'm, I, I want a city and a state championship. I ain't got time. You know, people be like, well, what the boys, or such and such. Until I'm at a game, I don't really know what's going on. Because usually, if we when they got conditioning or well, when they got open gym, we got conditioning. When we got an open gym, they got conditioning. Mm-hmm. I don't really have time because mm-hmm. I got I got goals to get to. Mm. So okay, um, is is it the coach's responsibility to plug their players to college coaches? I believe it is. Okay, uh, for me, I believe that a kid that is under my uh, supervision for four years and they're there for four and five days a, a week and they're putting the time in, they're putting the work in um, and they've said that they want to play basketball at Kenwood and they want to play under in the program that I'm I'm governing, I believe it is. Uh, I reach out to schools all the time. I know that some, some people believe that that's more of an AAU person's job, the AAU program director or whatever, but um, I feel more obligated they may be with their AAU coach maybe twice a week for three or four months. They're with me five to six days, you know, and shoot, for most of the year. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I believe that it is. So, you know, I'm going to do everything that I can to help uh, help that process as much as possible. What are the conversations like with you, the players, and the parents as it relates to the parents and the, the, parents and the players having their goals albeit realistically or otherwise at the level that they think that they can play on as it relates to college like what what are those conversations like um are you like you know baby like you you're not a d1 player or you might want to look at this do you encourage do you um i don't know if, i don't want to say Discouraged because I, I I don't take you as that type of coach. So like, I don't take you as the type of coach if a kid comes in and say I want to play Division One at Stanford. You be like, no, baby, you can't play at Stanford. Like, what kind of realistic conversations do you have with them? Well, again, first I lead with honesty, um, and one of the things I tell uh, players is, you know that you're, a, you know that you're a Division One player when a Division One school starts recruiting you. Mm. 
you know that you're a power five player when the power five school starts recruiting you. And until then, Bree had uh, Bree walked in the door. At, matter of fact, before Bree walked in the door, at eighth grade, she told me the summer before her first day of school, she told me she gave me this whole list of everything that she wanted to accomplish in high school. And I said, okay, well, let's work. And you know, we know that you're a Division One player when they start recruiting you. And if you if this is what you aspire for, well, let's look. Let's do your research. Um, I'm having I have this conversation with many of my kids. Let's have, do your research. What's the what's what are the measurables of a kid that plays a position that you want to play at that level? Um, what are they doing? You know, um, what are they what 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 are they what did they average in high school? What are this? What are that? Who's recruited you? Who's going to see you? You know, are you strong in these areas? Mm-hmm. You know, so we have I have very. Uh, authentic and honest open conversations with players and parents mm-hmm. you know and you know they think if you think that your kid is the greatest thing and like I was explaining earlier um, also you know they may be well my kid doesn't get an opportunity yeah they get an opportunity um, I give everybody an opportunity I've, I've even went as far as in the summertime if I got too many kids trying out to try to make my varsity team Multiple times, and even this even happened brief uh, into her freshman year. We had 18 kids that said that they wanted to be on varsity. So, you know, I'm not going to deny opportunities. We carry two two varsity teams during that summer, so that everybody gets an opportunity to be seen. Ev- to be seen, mm-hmm. everybody gets an opportunity Evaluate. to play. Mm-hmm. So now, when I evaluate you at the end of the summer, and I give you that, I give you that evaluation at the end of the summer. This is where you rank in the rotation, and these are the reasons why, and these are the things that you can work on. And I'm not cutting you. But I'm letting you know where you are so that if you want to be on this team, these are the things that you need to improve so that you can be in the top 14, top 13, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just believe in having authentic conversations. And sometimes um, they don't go well. Some, mm-hmm. Sometimes they do and they grow. Sometimes they don't go well. I've had uh, parents want to send information to OSA because, well, he said such and such and such and such about yeah, it's in the evaluation because I also send the evaluation not only to the player, I send it to the parent, I send it to my AD. So it's I'm, I'm very transparent. So when I say preach honesty, I do preach honesty. Uh, what part do you specifically pay play? What part do you specifically take in recruitment when it comes to your players? Um, it depends on the family. What, however involved they want me to be involved, okay. I'll be involved. I've had some players where. You know, that parent might be um, a former Division One player or a – I've had a player that was – her dad was a AAU program director. So he's very comfortable with speaking on her behalf. And the, by all means, then you, you got it. You tell me you got it or you got it. Mm-hmm. I've also had players where um, um, if they – regardless of the background, they want me intricately involved. And so – it's all about each each parent uh, and their comfortability and um, what they believe is in the best interest of, the, of that child and their family. I don't try to overstep my bounds. I just want to present opportunities. Um, how much should parents get involved with? I think parents should be uh, very involved in the non-basketball aspects of the recruitment. You know, making sure it's the right school, making sure... Uh, that the environment is going to be one that they believe is safe for their child, making sure that the relationship between that child and that coach can be one of, you know, hopefully uh, one of care, one of, of, of 
helping that child reach their goals and things of that nature. Um, the basketball is going to be and I think that a lot of times parents want to get mad at the um, at the at the college coach about the basketball when they have to understand the business aspect of the basketball. And so I tell them all the time that, you know, um, basketball is a business, especially at the collegiate side. Especially. And, you know, you have to understand, if that coach doesn't win, that coach will be replaced. And that coach has to go explain to his, his or her family, you know, why they have to be uprooted, why they have to leave their friends and family, why they got to relocate, and why their spouse has to get a new job. And so you have to understand that that's a business. And I tell the players all the time, I say, understand that this is the last phase. And I also tell all the time that when your parents drop you off, your parents are no longer your parents. Yeah. Your coaches are your parents. They're going to feed, clothe, the shelter, Everything. So you have an obligation to them as well. So you need to know that and understand that. Yeah. Um, before I ask my next question, that last part, um, you kind of spoke on like you know dropping Xavier off. He's now at um, he's now at Indiana Tech out in Fort Wayne. Um, great. So far, things is going great. You know, he's recovering from the, literally the same injury that Bree had. Mm -hmm. So he's like trying to get back to himself. Um, Great relationship with his with his coaches, coach um, you know, coach Albert and um, the assistant coach, coach coach Aubrey. You talked about you know when you dropped them off, the the coaches are the parents now. Thankfully, these these coaches are very uh, receptive. Now, I I'm very contrary to what people think about me. I'm I'm a I'm I'm not a I'm a hands off kind of a dad. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm involved, mm -hmm. but like. I don't like to overstep. I'm not overbearing. You know, I, I know I have like either the personality for goddamn sure or even the stature for certain of being overbearing. But when it came to Xavier, like all I did was record his games. I found a spot in the gym. I always had headphones on because I didn't want to hear other people saying shit about my child or even motherfuckers fans from the teams saying shit about my child because mm -hmm. that happened one time. Mm -hmm. And um, I just recorded. Mm -hmm. And so I just... I thought I was going to have a difficult time like letting go, but you know Xavier will be 19 actually on Wednesday. His birthday is on Wednesday, mm -hmm. and I'm finding it very refreshing that I it's not as hard as I thought it would be. And you know what I'm also noticing that Xavier is doing, which I like, I really love, is like you know he kind of like calls me every now and then just to kind of like check in and run run shit by me that hey you know you know because they pulled him into the office about red shirt and then some other stuff that was going on mm -hmm. he took a few days but like i'm noticing that he's trying to become his own man as far as his thought processes how he thinks things she's like hey i just want to run this by you i'm mm -hmm. thinking this what do you think about that and it's like no nah, okay that's what you want to do i support it or Instead of doing this Won't you just adjust it Just a little bit See what, what do you think about that But if you don't want to do that do, You know what I'm saying So I thought it was going to be harder Than it was But it's actually been pretty Easy mm -hmm. For me So um, what's your, Yeah no it's, Man it's been great man I'm like just loving his His development Into, into manhood It's just mm -hmm. been like really Really like being this type of person I I really got to give me and my wife a lot of credit. I think we did a really good job with that boy. Like he, I mean, he don't don't get his twisted. He's yeah. 
25, 26. That, I said, that's why when they 22 and they all graduate college, they'll still go off and do some crazy stuff. Yeah. Because they're yeah. not fully developed. They, they don't even know. Um, so, no, it's been, it's been really great, man. It's been really great just to kind of watch and just, it's been a, it's been great. It's really been great. Uh, what's your thoughts on the transfer portal uh, as far as college release? Because it seems that, and I don't know if it's like this on the girl side, I'm going to imagine that it is, but college coaches seem to not want to fuck with high school kids that much anymore. For many, they don't, if they don't have to. I mean, you, you look at it, you want to bring in somebody that's a rookie, or you want to bring somebody that knows how this thing goes, you know, who have already been under the initiation of how this thing goes, and maybe it didn't work out from a um, position standpoint or availability standpoint, but they, they, they got, got the the, they got the, they got the experience. They already they already know what's the expectations on a basic level at least, and so for many, yeah, they don't. Um, I think. Uh, it's kind of twofold. One, you have to um, you have to evaluate. You, you, I think, I think college coaches, and this is even known high school coaches, because I joke with high school coaches about we joke about transfer portal for high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think we have, as coaches, we have to be great at evaluating talent. And I think a lot of for a lot of us, we. Uh, that's 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 a struggle, or they or or they don't know how to evaluate what's in their best interest. Um, the player or them, the, them the coach, the players. Okay, they don't. You know, talent evaluation is, you know, um, the main thing. You got to be able to do it and do it well. And so I think a lot of a lot of coaches struggle at it. And so you know, you you grab talent or you grab somebody that they were ranked or this or that or the third but they might not be a good fit for the program by be it by style of play be it by uh they want a certain number of shots or they might just you know the people that's around them or or just a chemistry dynamic they want it to be all about them um so you have to evaluate for what's in the best interest and i think a lot of people struggle at that i i see i see teams that struggle on a professional level with it, you know, we live in a city with one of them um, where that's a real struggle. Yeah. And then I look at a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder where they killing it. With, uh, you couldn't name, other than, uh, other than Gil, SGA you couldn't name and, another player and on Chet Holmgren, you can't name anybody else on you that sure team. Enough, I don't even know who the goddamn coach is over there. Yeah. But they're doing an awesome job. They are? You know, and if you told me five years ago that SGA would be first team all NBA, that's, you know, yeah. that's that's understandable. I mean, you spoke you spoke to that. Like, how does Coach Lewis of Kenwood? How do you, you know, kind of fit all those pieces in when you kind of, you know, you you are coaching some, you are coaching uh, a pretty high level program. And well, one of the things I I, I think you know, um, this is what I've learned from watching the Miami Heat culture, and. Um, you gotta behold into a certain a certain style uh, of, and I'm not talking about on the court, but I'm also talking about off the court. Yeah. Um, of what you want. See, at Kenwood, and the girls, we're gonna be selfless. Now, I could Bree could have went many of places and probably averaged thirty a game for two or three years on a high school level. She never averaged twenty at Kenwood because it was it was more so about winning, um, and it was about preparing them for college. You know, so um, you got to be selfless. It's going to be hard. 
it's going to be fast. It's going to be aggressive. It's going to be disciplined. And that's how we're going to do things. And nobody's bigger than the program, not me and not you as a player. The program is bigger than us. How do you deal with parents, though, that have that type of energy? For how- Well, then they're probably going to struggle if they're – if they're if that's the parents' ideology, mm. um, but we've had a lot of talented kids, and the kids that every kid has struggled. Like you know, me and Bree, we joke about it because we like family. But she said, you know, she tells she tell she's told every class after her. She said, oh, at some point during your freshman year, oh, you gonna think about quitting. <laughs> you gonna think about quitting or getting out of here. She said, I did, mm. and I've known them since fifth grade. Because I'm going to push and I'm going to pride and I'm going to challenge you to be your best self. And I think that's our job. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Bree was great offensively. She didn't guard when, until she got to Kenwood. She said that. Yeah, she Bree, didn't guard. She, I, and I forgot off the top of my head who she gave credit to in terms of like that switch being flipped. But she mm-hmm. said, she said she struggled. Uh, she struggled. Um, and when I say struggle, meaning like it was her own struggle. Like she just kind of just didn't want to do it. Yeah. From from a defensive standpoint, but yeah. now she like defense is like her her thing. Yeah, and I told and I, and we we still talk all the time. And I said, oh, you figured out that you know defense was gonna get you on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I said there, there you go. Yeah, and so but I think that you have to make sure that everybody understands that it's about your program has to be about be bigger than everybody. It's all of us sacrificing for the benefit of the whole, and I think that that we've done a good job of that. You know, one of my things. When kids decide that they want to come to Kenwood, one of the things that they oftentimes do is they have a shadow day. Well, my players, what I've learned is what they do is they find that shadow kid at some point during the day and they tell them flat out. Like the last two groups, one of my kids, she t- she says, I, t- I tell them specifically, if you don't want to work hard, don't come here. <laughs> they tell them, right? If you want it to be about you, don't come here because it's about us and it's about winning. And if you're going to help us do that, by all means, we want you here. But if you don't want to work hard, if you want it to be about you, if you think it's all about you, don't come here because it ain't going to be about you. Mm. And he going to let you know that and we going to let you know that. Mm. You know, and so we've developed a culture where that's the expectation. And the, and the kids, they, they, they prefer, they, they like it. Okay. Uh, what's more important, winning city or winning state? Winning state. I... Um, I, I a lot of I won't say a lot of coaches I just I just recognize that that city championship holds a lot of weight it does with the peers it does, with and the, I want it okay I definitely do okay but, transparency wise but okay. that with that state title that's that's a whole nother that's a whole different thing I know that's right especially 4A oh yeah 4A I, I told people so the year that we were on COVID 2021 we went undefeated and we finished the year ranked number one um in 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 the state by rankings Mm -hmm. we didn't get a chance to have a state tournament and i had told people that if we had had a state tournament because back then we were still ranked we were still class 3a okay and i told people back then even if we had won 3a i was going to request the following year to move up to 4a i want the big school title Mm. You know, we we aspire to be the best. Well, you know, we want to be on the big stage. We like it that way. You know, I think that's the one thing. I'm not as vocal about it as Mike, but that's the one thing we share. We like the big stage. I don't want to be on the small stage. You know, and we're not an afterthought. We're the show. (laughs) Talk that talk, bro. (laughs) 
He said, we ain't the afterthought. We the show. Y'all, y'all, y'all. <laughs> I don't even have that for that. I knew it was coming, too. I ain't even got that for that. Um, I know that the state title has eluded you over your career. Like, speak to, like, how badly do you want that? Extremely. I'm still thinking about the game last year where we lost by uh, two, one. Uh, was it one? Yeah, 46-47? Yep, to Bennett. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great team, great coach. What do you think? Why did y'all lose? Um, we waited too late to compete, number one. Was they better? Huh? Was Bennett better? No. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to they, cut you off. They executed better. Um, you know, they did a great job. Uh, we had too many droughts in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we turned it on, we turned it on. And then at the end, we had a defensive lapse. Um, do you think that the, the team, that was your best opportunity to win this past year? Since I've been at Kenwood? Yeah. It was, but I think this team will be better. The one that you got coming? Yes. Mm. Um, will you consider your coaching career Unsuccessful if you're unable to win a title, no. state title. No, because it's 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 always about the kids, and although it will be um, disappointing, um, I'm I'm happy of the lives that I've changed since I've been coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had that's another over, different over, feeling. Oh, I've had over 20 kids go to school on scholarships since I've been at Kenwood. I've had 13 kids go division. 13 kids go to Division One since 2017. Uh, we, we've had countless kids who um, may not even play basketball in college, but they got academic scholarships, and so they're extremely successful. Um, you know, and they come back and they help, and they put other kids, they put other players on. So the relationships that I've developed, the program that we've built, the um, the love that those kids have for their experience. Um, the opportunity to take a team to New York, St. Louis, Arizona, uh, New Orleans that we've had over the last five, six, seven years has best been outstanding. And that's the thing. The two things that I guarantee every kid if they're playing at Kenwood is that one, you're going to that I don't lie to you. And two, you're going to have a unique high school experience. Because yeah, y'all, y'all going to play on the show. We gonna yeah, we gonna play somewhere that you, you know, like my kids, Bree sophomore year, we was in New York. We played at um uh, Monsignor Scanlon and, and you know she put on a big show I remember it was a front row of coaches there and one of the coaches was she's now at Texas but she was at Mississippi State at the time and when I walked in she was like Drake can Bree play at uh, Mississippi State I said well you'll, you'll get a chance to see in, over the next hour and you tell me afterwards when the game was over she was like I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell coach we need to off that's what I'm talking about and that's that's what it's about yeah um, what are your expectations heading into the new season? Is the state title a bus? Uh, yes. I'm not surprised by that answer since I'm sitting here talking to you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and don't get me wrong, there are a lot of other great teams in the state. I think Nazareth is really good. I think Bolingbrook is going to be really good. We we get to see Bolingbrook on December third, um, and there are several other schools. Uh, Loyola is very good, but for us. That's our expectation. That's that's our goal. And uh, I think we have enough talent to do it. We have to be selfless. We have to be smart. We have to be disciplined. Um, and I think, but I think we can. Bearing injury, what's your rotation? Eight, ten? Nine. Nine. Um, how difficult is it to coach high-level, high-ranking players? Uh, very. 
um, because you have to sell them on we before me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, and when you are so used to being successful, being me first, um, it's sometimes difficult. To As deprogram it, that? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so you, you have to make them see the greater good of sharing. Um, and so, you know, but I think that, you know, once they get to see it, they sometimes can understand how less is more. I mean, it's the same way Phil had to convince Mike, you know, you can get 40, but how much are we going to win? If right. we want to win, if you really want to win, then, you know, get 30, you know, play a little D. Right, right, right. You know, and when three people are on, you kick the ball to Steve Kerr. Right. And you knock down the shot. We're going to win. Right, you know, right, so, right, right. so that's, you know, that's the idea. Um, how much does the parents of those high-level players make it difficult um, to coach? Um, I've had varied experiences. Experiences. So, um, you know, coaching Bree was easy. Uh, her parents, you know, saw the greater good. And for most of my high-level kids, um, it it's usually by the, at the end is 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 cool. But going through the process, I've had some players, and their parents are like, you know. They should be getting more shots in this thing. Well, you know, if they go get a rebound and they push the ball up the court and there ain't nobody in front of them, then by all means, go get yours. But you also have to understand the personality of your child. And sometimes the parents may want them to be something that they're not ready to be. And they have no idea. Yeah, and that's not, their, that's not your child's personnel, personality. Right. You know, so you have to be in tune with who they really are, not just as a talent, but also as a person. Do you find that's that, that that example? The question that I had kind of talks about that. It, it's does the skill level of the player dictate a parent's unwanted involvement? Meaning, do you find that the player who is just okay, they just okay, and they're comfortable with being okay, that their parent is the one that's being the most dickheadish? Like my my child should be getting more shots and. Yeah, sometimes that's the case. That is the case, right? I had a... Uh, <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, like, I know exactly like, what you're saying. Like, all this is well. my eighth player. Like, he's you know, the eighth... He, she's the eighth player I've for a reason. I've had some who were the 13th in a rotation, 14th in a rotation. And I had a parent one time... No, I've had this happen actually a couple times. A parent come to me and say to me, um, well, they show up every day for workouts or practice, and they got great grades. We at Kenwood Academy, you and gotta I, have a great. And I, and I check grades, and this is this goes back years. Like, as if you, next time you see Bree, ask her what happened when you was in high school on Mondays. Every Monday they get a message, RTG, run those grades. I'm checking. Mm-hmm. So you know, because I'm a teacher. So if your grades are not right, we wasting our time because. You can't get recruited without having meeting a certain benchmark. So, have you ever had to sit a player, uh, yes. one of your star players, for grades? Yes, because it's easy to sit the player who's the thirteenth in the rotation and they ain't passing. Like, well, yeah. your ass wasn't gonna play no way. Yes, I've, I've had to. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened in quite some time. But yes, I've had to. Um, there was another follow-up question I wanted to ask today. It just jumped out of my brain, but I'll follow up with: uh, Who's been your favorite player to coach in your career, and why? And you can't say all of them. You gotta name somebody. Okay. Well, I can only name one. No. Okay. No. Um, I've had several. Um, 
Bree was great, of course, because in big games, she showed up and she wanted to show out. Um, Bree and I are very kindred spirits. I get that. She was kind of like my spirit animal. I get that. Yeah. um, So uh, she was fun. I'm going to tell you another because I didn't tell you this earlier. Ty's daughter, Alana Slaughter, played for me. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, she, she played for me. She played her last two years of high school for me. And it was a joy to coach her because she wasn't loud. She was low-key, but she was very, very direct. Very direct with players and how to deal with stuff, um, you know. And, um, you know, she's just an awesome person. Mm-hmm. So shout-out to Alana. Um, uh, I, by the way, I've also had the pleasure, at least her first two years, uh, Rob's daughter played for me, too. Really? Yeah, so, you know, I've known them. On a different level Okay Yeah Okay That's so, what's up um, But uh, Alana was great um, uh, I had another player uh, Her name was Tarshia Page She was great um, I've had a, quite a few um, But um, What I what, what what makes The experience great is When kids get it And they take on The responsibility Of your team And your program Mm -hmm. And They become the coach Yeah Yeah And just like Actually my point guard now She's My point guard And my power forward now They're in that position now They They have really Embraced This is their team And they're vocal Mm -hmm. You know like you know, kids come in It was like They told the senior Hey if you don't step this up You probably ain't gonna play much you know, and they, and it's a hard pill to swallow. But they're telling, the, you know, I found out a week after that they had this conversation. So, right, you know, right, right. Like, you know, you know, make sure it got like, a little easier. I was like, y'all know me well. Huh? <laughs> you know, so, um, if you if not if you're not coaching high school basketball, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, a lot of stuff. Okay, uh, I'm traveling. Um, probably at a cigar lounge. Okay. Uh, uh, might be doing yoga. Um, okay. Out with out with the wife, eating a fine dinner, okay. um, or on a, on, you know, me and my wife when we are on vacation, we like to do crazy stuff. Like we zip lined in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. from one mountain to the other mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 do daredevil stuff. So, okay. so yeah, it's a, it's a lot of stuff. You know, um, uh, if it's just one day and I and I got a couple of free hours without kids, I might be I might be at some doctor getting some acupuncture. So, you know. Interesting. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I found other things to do. Okay. Um, name your all-time NBA uh, starters and six-man. We're going to do NBA and WNBA. Okay. Because, you know, you know, I haven't shot my boo out in a while. So, you know, I got to shot my boo ski out. Uh-huh. Right. That's what you said. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's do it. So, so, NBA. Yep. Uh, whew, Mike. Of course. Kareem. Okay. Magic. Three. Uh Mike Magic Kareem. Uh, uh, let's see. Two. I mean, small forward. My favorite. This is your list. My list. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I would say uh, Kobe. Okay. And. Uh, of my favorites I would probably say Durant Okay that's five Who your six man 
he he he's only six man because I got Magic on the team. With Steph. Steph. Okay. All right. Go with your WNBA. Well, I I got to make a uh, for WNBA. I got to make. I need an asterisk. Okay. Because the greatest female basketball player of all time never played in the WNBA. And who is? Cheryl Miller. Okay. Greatest ever. Okay. Greatest I've ever seen do it. That's she was she was Yobuski and Brianna Stewart all rolled up in one. All right. I mean, we ain't gonna be dissing my Booski now. I'm like. just letting you know. I mean, but she, my she, Booski is my Booski not because of yeah, ball. Yeah, I, I got you. Okay. She's still my Booski. I'm not gonna let him talk about you like that, baby. Oh wait, wait, wait. No, I just remember who your Booski is. Who's my Booski? You talking about the Australian? Absolutely. I get mad at you, bro. She she easy on the eyes, bro. She easy on the eyes. That's right, my baby. There, boy. uh, She only make my team because she's my booski. I got you, but I I would say um, Cheryl Miller. Okay. um, Oh wow, Cheryl Miller, point guard. (laughs) I'm I'm leave the point guard alone. Uh, Cheryl Miller. Her college teammate, um, uh, what's her name? Cynthia Cooper. Okay. Um, her teammate, uh, Swoops. Swoops. That's three. Oh, my God. Who else? Who else? Who else? Um, that's hard. Uh, I guess I'm going to go Lisa Leslie. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm tripping. Oh, my more. She walked away from the game for love too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I respect that about Maya. Um, NBA minds is AI: Kobe, Jordan, LeBron, Hakeem. My sixth man is Jamal Crawford. Wow. Uh, my women's: I got Cheryl Swoops, Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi, Lisa Leslie. My booski, Liz Cambridge. Hey, baby. My phone line is still open. And uh, my sixth man, I took my, I'm changing my sixth man. I forgot who I put before, but I don't know why I never had her as my sixth man because I'm doing my home city disrespect. Um, and that's Dawn Staley. Dawn Staley. I love Dawn Staley, man. She is great. I used to go to high school with her cousin. But um, Dawn is like, she a god in Philly, bro. She should be. But you know what? You know what though, and this, and, and this is no slight because I love Dawn. I love I'm, I'm FTC all day long, like she is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm for the culture. But it trips me out that you a point guard, and you hardly ever let your point guards get off. Like on her teams, her point guard uh, don't yeah. really get off. Nah, and that, that, it's that's, always her bigs. And it's always uh, and I get that, but I'm like. You were, and you were a point guard that got off and at, she, at Virginia. She did get off, and and when and yeah. um and Olympics and, and all that, Charlotte yeah. and all that. But the other thing too about that, and you can correct me, you would know this much better. When you think about Dawn Staley's teams, from when she was at Temple, now in South Carolina, she's never really had a uh, like a superstar point guard. It's always been her bigs. Yes. So she's not really recruiting high level. Well, maybe. Well, well the 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 Quavis kid was high level. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was high level, and she they had a very from what I from what I read they had a very combustible relationship mm. because the Quavis kid almost transferred like twice or whatever, and so it's just 
And she was a high-ranked recruit. She was like a top 10 in the country mm-hmm. type. These kids so, are soft, though, man. Yeah, that's, I mean, they're, they're so different, you know, and it's funny because my older players, like, I'm still friends with a lot of my former players from Har- my Harlem days. Okay. And I coached at Harlem from 99 to 2010. And so a lot of them are very supportive. So when they come watch it, a Kenwood game or when they come to a practice they be like oh you ain't the same they was like you so soft yeah yeah you know and it's I like, like parenting yeah and, I, and what I've learned is you gotta trick them so like when I was coaching them you know we could just run lines you know we run 17s or we run touch 10s and we do all this running without the basketball with my Kenwood kids no, I just changed it up. We do five ball weave. We do we do all this stuff with the basketball. Still running. We still run. And that's what I try to explain to them. We're still running. I just tricked them. Yeah. yeah. You know? They still I'm still getting the cardio in. I just had to trick them. I can't do the same thing the same way. When I started coaching, when I was coaching a little bit, um, I used to work for alternative school and I started the program there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember our first practice, we running is no ball. And like halfway through the run, like like four or five of the guys stopped. I'm like, well, what y'all doing? It's like, well, where the ball at? It's like, well, we don't need no motherfucking ball. What y'all need a ball for? Y'all don't even know how to run. And so, like, you're right. Like, their minds is predicated on, like, that ball. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird. Um, I'm Muslim, and in this land, we believe that our children pick us as parents. I, hear, I heard that you said you had children. Um, hearing that, what does it mean knowing that your children picked you to be their father? And talk about what they and your family mean to you. And you picked your mother and father as well. Mm. Um, my children are, um, first of all, all three are adults now. And so um, I have to be a voice. And as adults, it's different because I have to be a voice uh, that can't speak loudly anymore. Did I have to speak with compassion? Uh, you still have to be honest, but um, you have to build a little more understanding, and you have to allow them because all of my three children have children. Ah, oh, you read that? Yeah. Okay. So now it's like you want to watch them, and you don't want to step on their toes, and you have to you have to allow them to also continue to make mistakes. They're going to make some mistakes, and you have to allow them to continue because ultimately those mistakes will help them be better. And I learned that from my relationship with my father. My my mother died when I was very young. My mother died when I was seven. Yeah. And so um, my relationship with my dad was one that actually grew. I thought my father, until I was about 19, was the worst man on the planet. And then when I got 19, and we had a we had an incident that happened between he I, and my grandfather where I basically, I couldn't take it no more, and I had to tell, I told, and I read him about himself, and from the time I was 19 until the day that he passed, he died in 2015. From the time that I was 19 until the day he passed, he was the best father I could ever ask for. I had a very similar situation with my dad. I, I, I thought the man hated me. Yeah. I thought the man hated me, and one, one day after we prayed, we were sitting in his prayer room, and I, I you know, like man, like what's up? Like why? Why I feel like you don't like me? Like what the fuck is going on? Like I, I've never heard you tell me you love me, and we just—he was like, I could see like that look on his face, like, damn, like I ain't know you felt that way. Like I definitely, but I used those experiences to father. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but up until the day he died, like from that conversation, which I was a little older than 19, to the day he died, 
the relationship got better. Mm-hmm. It got better. And our parents, particularly our fathers, they parent how they were parented. I mean, most they didn't have the wherewithal, let alone the desire or even the intelligence to want to change up. It's one of those shit. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't adjust or adapt to the times. And like, we have to. We had to. And that's. And it's funny you mention that because what I was gonna. The other thing I was gonna say is that what I learned in this. Pro, what I learned in the process of going through this with my dad was is that. One and this is a hard pill for us as men to accept, but women actually do mature faster than we do. We do, I mean, they then, do. And and then secondly, he was still going through his maturation process, mm-hmm. so he was so much different as he got older than when he was when I was mm-hmm. younger. Mm-hmm. And so he had morphed. And it's so, so funny because like my wife was like, I can't even believe that you, you like when I tell about the early days when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. She's like. I don't believe that. Right. Your dad couldn't have been like that. Right, right, right. But he, because that's not who he was when she encountered him, mm-hmm. and it and it wasn't. And so I had to understand that you know that he was going still going through his maturation process, and he wasn't he wasn't mentally where he needed to be in order to give the love that 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 I needed at that time right. when I was younger. So, right, right. So yeah. And how much did that relationship? The hard and when it got a little easier, did that play into your specific parenting style? Well, it, it's it's uh, aided me a lot. You know, I still try to be honest with my kids, but at the same time, I also have to have some compassion and some understanding and allow them to make some mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and and after they make the mistakes, say it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, because if I if you don't, then it's only going to make the situation worse and it's going to it's going to stop their growth and mm-hmm. so that's that's really what I try to just preach to them. it's going to stop their growth because they're not going to want to make those mistakes particularly in front of you yes. uh, you know what I'm saying so like it's you have to be like with Xavier is like those conversations of like bro the stuff that you're going through the mistakes that you're making they're, they're actually pretty fucking normal um I, yeah my job is to keep you from making them and I'm and I always tell him because I had to learn this. You could be doing shit completely right. You're still going to get feedback because if the end result is right. Maybe I could give you a way to get there a little faster. You probably took the long ass way to get there. Mm-hmm. So like you just have to get in your mind that no matter what, life is always going to offer you feedback, and you yeah. just have to be willing to accept that. And Absolutely. I and that's something that I had to learn. Yeah. Um, in the workplace Ironically from my guy Sean Holmes So shout out to him um, Last thing I want you to do I'd like to send you I'd like you To send yourself A A message for the future So speaking in third person um, You know Co- Coach Andre uh, And then give yourself Your message well, My message to myself Would be um, Stay the course um, You know Um continue to strive to be great um, and don't allow missteps to cripple you you know um, sometimes sometimes and we all go through it you know you 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 misstep and you make that mountain a molehill and sometimes it's hard to let stuff go and that, mm-hmm. that that's like I said you know I'm still that's thinking about thing. that I'm still thinking about that loss in the super section of last year mm-hmm. and I have to I have to learn to let it go and one of the things that I've tried to tell the players especially the ones that actually really played in that game a lot um, that's on me 
So I'm trying to take the brunt of that. And so I take it for them, but I also need to also understand that I sometimes got to let stuff go in. You got to just move forward mm -hmm. and use that as a as a stepping stone for greatness. Um, Coach Lewis, I really appreciate you um, taking the time out of your Saturday to be up here with us. Um, it really means a lot. Like it's helping um, us um, ex uh, like be seen uh, in another light. You know, we want to give shine to the, to the female ballers, um, yourself and obviously Barry and some of these other um, high school um, female coaches, AAU programs, you know, college coaches. You guys are doing a, a fantastic job of like, you know, carrying that torch. And I think it's important that you guys be given the same voicing opportunities that the boys get. Like the boys game is going to shine just because of mm. just because. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the girls game, you know, sometimes needs a little bit more of, hey, you know, over here, over here, over here. Mm. So, um, you know, me and Bo, we we are, you know, he just had his his great event, Crown the Queens down at the Wintrust Arena. It, it was a it was a great event. Um, hopefully next year we'll get a chance to get you involved. Um, shout out to Barry, who was a very supportive and helping us um, get the talent, the young ladies, but we'd like to expand that um, that, that opportunity. So, um, you know, I, I definitely like to, you know, bring you on board with that. I'm going into next year and we can kind of talk more about that. But thank you for taking some time out and coming up. I hope, you know, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope, you know, we made you comfortable up there. And yeah, this, this was a great opportunity. I appreciate talking with you guys. Um, anytime we get an opportunity to expand and broaden the platform of girls basketball and uh, women's sports, you know, I'm all for that. Um, you know, this is kind of my ode to my mom. My mom is the one who taught me how to play basketball. So this is uh, a labor of love for me. Mm. So I thank you so much. And um, I'm hoping that, you know, regardless of what we're doing, that we're moving our, our, our culture forward. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's that's the biggest thing for me. That's definitely the culture is definitely the most important thing um, for that. Um, and on that note, we're gonna end here. Shout out to my guy Bo Harris and AGM Plus across the board over there. Shout out to uh, Tyree Booker of Numerex, Derek Ellison. Those are my guys. And of course, we got the Shout Town Showcase um, coming up. We got forty of, well, I would say about twenty eight of the top players that's gonna be mixed in with um, some of some players that should be given an opportunity. Which is the goal of the exposure runs is to give exposure to these guys. We got a great lineup, man. And that's headlined by Ahmad Newell from Philadelphia. The number one player from Philadelphia will be here. Um, we got Angelo uh, Sierra. How do you pronounce his last name? Sierra. Saravino, 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 Angelo Saravino. I'm sorry, Angelo, about that. KJ Wyndham, I'm coming. Deshaun Stevenson, of course, will be here. Malachi Johnson. I mean, we got, you know, Gianni Cobb will be there. The returning MVP, RJ um, McKinney will be there. We got a, we got a, I got two other young men from Philadelphia coming who have no exposure whatsoever. And I'm hoping that, you know, one is a freshman and one is a sophomore. And I'm hoping this will be one of those things that will kind of give them some eye opening. Like you say, y'all want to do this shit. Y'all want to be basketball players. This is what it's going to take. This is who y'all going to be playing against. Right. Um, so shout out to, um, you know, Carter Freeman and um, Solomon Ford. They'll be here as well. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, to this event, man, and it's going to be real big. So, I um, if you are available, I'd love to have you down as a guest. We'll definitely um, slide through. Yeah, definitely. I'll make sure you had that information. Bring some of the girls down so they can see. Um, that gym is amazing. I don't know if you've been up there yet, but it's going to be at the 167 rooftop gym. 
Oh yeah, we, we, yeah, we've been there quite a few. You know. Oh, okay, my bad. You know, my, you know the Jordan people, they 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 like us in nice places. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna have a conversation off air about that sweatsuit. I like that. <laughs> I'm extra large. We're gonna talk about that. Um, and on that note, we're gonna go. We'll see you guys on the next.